Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everyone who listened and heard that. This is Historical Shade. Uh, my name is Laura Young, and across from me through the interwebs is... Hello, I'm Julie. It's Julie! Um, at Bookstore Gal, correct? Yeah. Bookstore, yeah. Um, at, bo- at, at Bookstore underscore, underscore Gal. gal. Uh, so historical shade, we talk about people in history being shady towards each other or some topics that we have shade towards history for. Um, so I guess I get to go this week, right? Yes. Yay. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's, she yayed selfishly. Um, so I want to talk about Arsinoe the fourth, one of the last Queens of Egypt. Okay. So, uh, do you know anything about her? No. Okay. So my sources today are uh, dangerouswomanproject.com, Wikipedia, Britannica for a moment. <laughs> um, so, and there's also a drunk history episode, like segment about her as well. So if you want to go on to that. Um, I am not drunk. I barely have had enough coffee to sustain the day. So I'm just sleepy. Uh, so we're going to blame any... Uh, mistakes on that. Um, so Arsinoe the fourth was the sister to the infamous Cleopatra. Um, she was born, we don't really know when, but somewhere between 68 and 63 BC. And she was the fourth of six children, uh, and she was the youngest daughter of Ptolemy, uh, I believe is how you say it, um, Pharaoh Ptolemy, uh, the 12th. All right, so that's where we are. So let me tell you a little bit about her father and kind of the environment that she grew up in, and then I'll tell you about her. So uh, Arsinoe and Cleopatra's father, Ptolemy, fathered uh, a number of children, including one son, also named Ptolemy, because they could not you know, you couldn't name your son another name besides your own. Um, and they, he was keeping with family tradition where none of the siblings cared for the others. And so it was a kind of a tradition in, in Pharaohism that if you had a sibling, you would treat them with suspicion, that they were never like allies. They were always like... Shaped. Okay, I, I think I'm Egyptian. <laughs> I think we're all kind of Egyptian, but like an Egyptian, like most of us are, you know, like that's, that's a sub product. Egyptians are like, good job for not trusting your sister. Uh, uh, yeah. Instead of your mom taking you into another and be like, you should invite your sister over. And you're like, what? we have nothing in common. <laughs> um, so pretty like, so um, the Egyptian empire at this time was kind of a shadow of its former glory. So it used to be like amazing. Like you had Ramesses II and all that like, Wah! and so when Ptolemy was ruling, it was kind of like, and we're Egypt. And that was mainly because Rome was conquering everything. So um, Egypt was hanging out. Uh, so he, Ptolemy, so Cleopatra's father, um, bribed, tortured, and murdered members of his own family you know, for funsies. Uh, He was driven out of Egypt in 58 BC um, following the death of his wife, who is also his sister. 
Um, and so his eldest daughter, Berenice. Uh, um, quick question about that. Is that like normal of the culture and the era of the time in that? In, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's not like, I fell in love with my sister. I'm going to marry her. Screw you guys. It's like, no. here's your sister. You're going to marry her. Yeah, like here, you both were in the same womb, and you're going to use her womb again, and it is what it is. There's a lot of womb sharing. <laughs> Sex is not disgusting until you use the word womb. I feel like that's when it starts to get gross. Um, yeah, so Ptolemy uh, was determined to return to power, um, and he grew increasingly in debt to Rome. So he wanted to return to power, but he kind of, you know, because he was exiled. Um, so he gained the support of, uh, I'm not a history professor, Alias Gambinius, uh, who, and then returned to Egypt with that Roman army supporting him, and then murdered his daughter, Berenice, to get back his throne. So like, it isn't even just brother and sister. He's like, oh, you're my spawn. Fuck you. Done to get back your throne. Nothing is important. Again, I think I'm a chit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I killed my spawn last week. Um, I mean, but in The Sims, we've all done it, so. That's <laughs> all beyond. Like, if real life was brutal, like, if we were as brutal as we were in The Sims. Historical shade. Come for the history, stay for the deep cut Sims references. <laughs> and Fallout, don't forget. Oh my gosh. Um, I can't wait till I find a way to reference Fallout this episode. I don't know Fallout, so I know. I know. That in itself just became our Fallout reference. <laughs> so um, he got back his throne after he murdered his daughter. He's so excited. Uh, but he dies in 51 BC. So his eldest surviving son and daughter, Ptolemy, the next one, and Cleopatra, were proclaimed co-regents. So Cleopatra now marries her brother. So it's totally copacetic. Um, but this was never going to work because they hated each other. Because they grew up in an environment where siblings would kill each other and murder each other. And also, yeah, your dad's going to murder you too. So they hated each other and they were vying for, like, let's think about the, <laughs> let's go into therapy for a minute for these kiddos they they're your parents give you an example of life right and so the most <laughs> the most important thing to their father was the throne so you grow up going like oh this is right this is the most important thing right right because like yeah that's what dad said so i continue um so ptolemy and cleopatra marry their brother and sister well, they started hating each other. They started scheming against each other. So in comes Arsinoe. Arsinoe is the youngest. Arsinoe, they don't, they don't know if she's 11 at this time or 15, because they're not necessarily sure when she was born. Um, I think it's like the fourth daughter syndrome. Like once you're the fourth kid, <laughs> like your baby book, there's like one. Nobody trusts you. You're probably going to die anyway. Yeah, there's one entry in your baby book that's like, she was born this day. We're like, the firstborn gets like 70 albums about themselves. I'm sorry, I'm the fifth, so I know how this feels. Anyway, <laughs> with my tiny ass baby book. Um, so, our Sinaway comes in and she starts talking to uh, 
Ptolemy, her brother, and being like, yeah, Cleopatra's kind of, she's kind of a shady ass bitch, right? Like, she's horrible, right? We fucking hate her, right? And also, there's nothing more to, (laughs) I went to a hibachi restaurant yesterday, and I went to the bathroom, and outside the bathroom were three tween girls on their cell phones, and I was terrified because there's nothing scarier than tween girls. And I went and I sat back at my table and I told my table and my friend Cody said, yeah, I just want them to like me. It's like, yeah. Did you go to the bathroom or did you? No, I went to the bathroom, but the whole time I was like, they're talking about me, aren't they? What is, what is the ancient Egyptian equivalent to like tween girls on their cell phone? Uh, Arsinoe going up to her brother and be like, hey, Cleopatra is a shady ass bitch, right? Uh, look at she how she wears her wig and her eyeliner like look at that cat eyeliner that's not good <laughs> that's not how you wing tip cleo and ptolemy's like yeah yeah i'm writing that down that's not how you wing tip cleo because you know cleopatra had amazing makeup but you know that her younger sister had better makeup let's all because no one knows makeup better than a tween I digress. So, Arsinoe is in Ptolemy's ear going like, hey, hey, she's a shady-ass bitch. So eventually, and obviously Ptolemy and um, Cleopatra were having, Cleopatra obviously wanted to be queen and rise to power, but she was Ptolemy's wife, so So there's a lot of conflict anyway. So that extra push from Arsinoe, Cleopatra is then exiled out of Alexandria. Dun, dun, dun! So now... Arsinoe takes the throne as queen with her brother, Ptolemy. And so Cleopatra has been banished. Arsinoe is queen, Ptolemy's pharaoh, huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. So Julius Caesar arrives in Alexandria in 48 BC, pursuing his rival Pompey, um, whom he had defeated. So yay. So when he arrived in Alexandria, he was uh, presented with Pompey's head, as you do, as you did back then. Cash. Um, Cash. The execution of his longtime friend and foe uh, ended the uh, ended the possibility of alliance between Caesar and Ptolemy. So basically, Julius Caesar comes to Alexandria, being like, "Hey, here's your frenemy," because they were friends and foes. Here's your frenemy, Pompey. Here's his head, and Ptolemy's like, "Okay, well, I thought we were going to be friends." But uh, guess not, because like this is my bro. This is my like no fear Shakespeare version of this story. <laughs> so, Ptolemy and Caesar are on the outs. Ptolemy and Arsinoe are Pharaoh and Queen, and Cleopatra is exiled. So Cleopatra. Um, decided to link up, as we know, with Julius Caesar. All right. So um, while they did that, they exiled Ptolemy and Arsinoe. So they are sent away. So Arsinoe escapes the capital with her mentor, a eunuch known as Ganymedes. Oh my gosh. Of course she has a eunuch. Yeah, so she has a sassy best friend who is like, we're going to escape through this tunnel. So they escape. So Ptolemy's captured, are sent away, and Ganymedes escape. 
So Ganymedes and Arsinoe go to this rebel Egyptian army and they decide to rally the Egyptian army and take back Alexandria. Make sure that I am going through this. Yes, so they go back to Alexandria and they actually end up seizing the palace. Um, when they do that, Caesar realizes that he needs to break out of the city and tries to gain control of the harbor. So he bolts towards the lighthouse of Alexandria. But Arsinoe's foes force him back. So he tries to like get to the lighthouse at Alexandria and Arsinoe is like, no, 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 no. So he ends up, him and his army end up in this like locked building. And the way they tried to drive him out was because they had plumbing. What they decided to do was put salt water in the cisterns of the building. So they were going to thirst them out, the original thirst trap. So, <laughs> so, so. I, go, I just went through so many emotions because I was like, shock at the sheer like gall of it. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, like admiration of like, that's really smart. Yeah. But then just amusement at your comment about the original thirst trap. The original thirst trap. Uh, so they put salt water in the cistern. So eventually they start to be driven out. Now, while this is happening, um, Ptolemy um, starts to talk to Caesar again. So Caesar gets driven out, but Ptolemy wants, because um, Ptolemy is one of the uh, captives. I couldn't think of the word captive. So Ptolemy, the original pharaoh, uh, and Caesar start to talk. And Ptolemy goes like, hey, if you give me back Alexandria, I'll give you Arsinoe. Because that, that bitch <laughs> got me captured. So I'll give you, I'll give you my sister. Because blood means nothing to the pharaohs. So Ptolemy lures Arsinoe, being like, hey, sis, you and I should hang out, right? And so Ptolemy and Arsinoe meet, obviously. He, they take over Arsinoe. So Arsinoe is now taken by Caesar. So Arsinoe uh, is then sent to, most of the time when prisoners of war were taken, they were immediately hung. Uh, in Roman culture, uh, or, you know, killed in some way. Romans were really good at finding fun ways to kill people. Uh, but Arsinoe... Put that on a resume. Yeah. Really, just fun, uh, just as long as possible. Um, so, despite the custom of that, Cleopatra um, and was kind of, kind of pressured to spare Arsinoe for a moment, granting her, I'm going to say for a moment, she was like, ah, I should probably spare her, but put her into a sanctuary at the temple of Artemides in Ephesus. So I don't know the shade behind this, but what I feel like it is, is that Cleopatra probably kind of knew that Arsinoe would hate to be in 
a religious temple. That's my shade behind it. I think she's like, yeah, you know where she'd love to be? Just in a giant ass church. Just put her yeah. there. Especially because she was like, ski, you know. Um, so Arsinoe then goes into the temple. Um, by the way, what happens to Ptolemy? Does he get his throne back? <gasps> Just a second. Just a second. Just a second, Penny. Penny, does Ptolemy get his throne back? Penny has strong feelings. All right. So, Ptolemy. So what happened to Ptolemy? So, Ptolemy does not get his throne back. Guess who gets his throne? Cleopatra. Caesar. Cleopatra. Okay, I was so right the Cleop first time. Yeah. So Cleopatra, who has been banished all this time while Ptolemy da, 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 finally got her thrown back. So basically she was just she was just hanging out. She was letting it she was letting the system work for her, basically. Yeah. And letting the men folk work for her. So so Cleopatra's on the throne. While she's on the throne, she goes, Hey, oh, Caesar's dead. We'll get to that. So Caesar dies somewhere in this time period. And she starts talking to Mark Antony her other man, and goes, hey, I'm actually, I was feeling pretty cool about, you know, Arsinoe still being alive, but I have a feeling, and she heard that one of the eunuch priests um, welcomed Arsinoe on her arrival in the temple as queen. So she arrives to this temple, and instead of being treated like another, like, lowly, you know, not lowly, but another religious part of the faction she there go oh you are our queen so cleopatra hears this and is like I, uh, if i know anything about my sister she's going to try to dethrone me very quickly so mark <laughs> antony i say the same thing about my siblings <laughs> if i know anything i'm going to get dethroned so quickly uh and so but cleopatra doesn't give this order to have her killed she convinces Mark Antony to give the order to have her killed. And Arsinoe is actually then killed on the temple steps. This actually leads to one of the reasons Mark Antony is eventually overthrown, because to actually have someone murdered on temple steps. Yep. And that is the slightly short, but yet historical shade between Cleopatra and Arsinoe the Fourth, the ultimate sister rivalry. Seriously. Dun, 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 dun. Oh man, I yeah. It's just yeah. so interesting because, like, we just we. I feel like there's you know this like cycle of like morality that comes through that we see in history where like mm -hmm. you know we get really focused on morality and we have prohibition or, or this that and the other um and it's like we always look very briefly into the past when we're going through those cycles of like you know it's video games causing the violence or, or yeah. whatever but then you look at ancient history and it's like no like this is human nature like we are fighting against human nature to be good. Yeah. Well, it's also bad parenting and a struggle for, I'm going to get real deep, but it's like a struggle to find meaning in your life. 
And apparently their father was like, the only thing that means anything in my life is getting the throne. So then he instilled that in his children. Like Arsinoe was like 11 or 15. Yeah. And that's all she thought about. And that's all Ptolemy thought about. And that's all, you know, Cleopatra thought about. Um, yeah. There's um, the show I've been watching um, called Dairy Girls, which is uh-huh. fantastic. Everyone should watch it. Uh, but there's, it's a lot about like the, the troubles and the relationship between like the Protestants and the Catholics and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and there's an episode where um, the students, the Catholic students are meeting with the Protestant students and they're, they're trying to find something they have in common. And of course the humor of it is, you know, all these teenagers pointing out all of the things that are differences while the priest is like, well, that's actually, that's, that's a difference. Let's find something that's in common. But uh, ultimately they, they realize it's like their parents, like just being a mess. And like that becomes their thing is like parents. And I think it's like, man, how many things in history are coming back to parents? Yeah. I will. Yeah. And, and just like, yeah and i also think it's funny that like a tween girl was a threat to caesar yes because he didn't expect it like i think that that's the whole thing of like if we want to talk about like strong ass women um because we all we all go to cleopatra and like cleopatra used her her femininity and her wiles and all that but um Arsinoe was like front and center like if there was a battle she was there if there was a you know I yeah so I appreciate her but also like and I was I was a history major yeah at a at a college that has a good history focus and you were talking about someone that I had no idea like I'd never heard of Arsinoe and and I know Cleopatra, I know Caesar, so I just think that's just how much of history is not necessarily altered, but you know, who gets the focus. Well, and it's written by the victors, right? And who are the victors? The victors were Cleopatra, Caesar, like eventually like they were the ultimate victors. So the story is never really the the battles that the battles and like who the who is defeated and who wins and who you know it's like okay who is the ultimate victor is usually the the story because i think even if we talk about like the civil war which is something that my family really um in the revolutionary war you we they we always talk about like i remember in history class talking about like here are all the battles that the Americans fought and then here are the battles that like, and then the American Americans won. And it's like, okay, but what about all the other ones that we didn't win? Do we like, do we talk about those? Do we talk about that like fluctuation of like two years into the revolutionary war where we were like, Oh, we may not. Um, I think we're starting to see that shift in hopefully in public education, but we definitely didn't when I was growing up. So Crazy. Arsinoe. Arsinoe. 
Um, also just a beautiful name. Let's all throw that. Yeah. Uh, side note, the dog is now asleep on my lap. Aww. I'm going to, I'm going to tilt the laptop to show you, but I'm not going to accidentally close it this time. <gasps> yeah. That is not an attractive angle of me. That's fine. All right. So Julie, do you have some future light? Ah, uh, yeah. Future light. Um, my future light uh-huh. is that I get to go to Canada for a wedding. Okay. Uh, and it's a, it's a wedding of two lovely artist friends of mine. So in, in true artist fashion, uh, they are getting married as a fringe show at Edmonton Fringe. Um, I love that. Yeah, and my, my husband and I are both in the wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I keep joking that I'm putting it on my resume. Yeah. Because it's a show in Edmonton Fringe. I have to see, uh, I want to see how many lines I get and like how much of a, you know, involvement I get in my role. Um, <laughs> Mike is one of the groomsmen, so he's probably going to be a little bit more involved than me. Mm-hmm. I I am the dress fluffer. Oh, I mean, though, physically, you are. Yeah. There a lot. The photos really rely on me. Well, I mean, could you use it as a costume coordinator position on your resume? No, no. It's an acting role. Okay. Sorry. 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 I'm going to act like a dress fluffer. In this fringe. You will be a dress fluffer. <laughs> I'm in, I want there to be a review of the show where it's like, Julie embodied the fluffer. For some reason, that woke up the dog. Yeah. I'm a little concerned that my dog, like, really piqued her interest when I said I was a fluffer. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Cut that out because that comes across <laughs> really horribly wrong. Please cut that out. I'm so or embarrassed. Not. Oh my God, I'm I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, all right. Well, yeah. Fluffers. All right. Follow us at Historical Shade. I didn't Shade. do my future light. Fuck. I'm just trying. I'm like, I'm you're like that. To distract um, from what you just said. I'm like that gif where you're, where you're just like backing up into the bushes. That's me right now over my comment. And it's I'm just closing the meeting. Okay, what's yours? Okay. What's your, what's your, what's your future life? What's happening in your life? Please. I'm still so embarrassed. Oh my gosh. So uh, mine's kind of long, which is why I did a st- shorter historical shade. Um, so I've been doing kind of a, this is going to get woo woo for any of you who are like crystals, essential oils. Bleh. Skip to our next episode. But I've been doing kind of a law of attraction, not challenge, but just like a, a what if uh, kind of week. And it's been crazy, like what's been coming to me so easily being like, I'm just gonna, like, I want this to happen. So, for example, like, I really, there are certain things in my career that I really want, and they're starting to pop up and et cetera and so forth. But a really fun example was I really, I'm trying to watch my budget, and I, and I also am really trying to get focused on not zero waste living, but minimal waste <gasps> living. Yeah. Oh, this kind of conversation makes me so excited. Yeah. I thought, I thought you would like this future light. So that's why I was like, I'll have a shorter historical shade today. Um, but so I was like, oh, I really need, 
it's going to turn fall soon. I moved from Florida. I don't have a lot of fall clothes. Like I have winter clothes. I have summer clothes. I don't have fall clothes. And I was like, oh, I wish there was a way for me to get like a whole bunch of like thrifted fall clothes for, for cheaper. Um, just cause I'm watching my budget, but you know, I just, I would like for that to happen, but we'll see. So down the street and I live in a pretty, I live, I live in a very good neighborhood, like the surrounding neighborhood around my apartment complex. You touch it. Yeah. It's very prestigious. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm like skirting next to it. Uh, but the Catholic church down the street was having a slightly used clothing sale this morning. And I budgeted myself $60 to get whatever I wanted, you know? And I was like, it could be nothing. Like it could be horrible stuff. Girl, it was Michael Kors jackets, Banana Republic, and Taylor Loft, like good quality stuff. And I didn't, I didn't add up my stuff because I was like, I just wonder how much it's going to be when I get to the register. I just wonder. And so I add up my stuff. I don't add up my stuff, but I grab my stuff go up to the front, they start counting, guess how much money it was? $54. I didn't get to guess. I was thinking. I know, I know, but I didn't, but I didn't, yeah. So you still have $6 left, you could get a coffee. I could get, and I did. I did get a coffee. <laughs> I know my you morning too coffee. Well. Yeah. So, but I got like cute sweaters and anyway, so that was my like wish or, you know, law of attraction statement was like, I want cute fall clothes for um but that are no waste like but good quality and that just popped up it was great I thought I would be late to record this podcast and I wasn't so just my future light there's that example but my future light is going like okay life isn't life is hard life is hard in so many respects but there are a lot of things that it's pretty easy if you just go like okay i would like for this to happen if it does great if it doesn't because i'm a big um strong holder of things of like i'm gonna make this happen and taking time stepping back and going like if it's meant to happen it will happen i will i will truly work and stronghold the things that i need to but most of the stuff in life you can't because it's all unpredictable and just doing your best and then letting it go so that's my future light that's I love that future light. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to read you on mine, but I don't know what to talk about. No. Next time. I feel like your future talk. lights are always like like deep, and like life affirming. <laughs> and then I'm like, I get to go to the mall. <laughs> well, my last one was like, I'm in a show. Um, I mean, mine. The subtext was I got a lot of really cute clothes for cheap. <laughs> so good for you. Um, I, I've also been like really trying to be like conscious of, um, consumption and mm -hmm. spending and all of that. So I, uh, I got a, like, I ordered a soda stream because, uh. uh, first of all, it was significantly cheaper from Home Depot okay. than from their website direct, not uh, a sponsor. Not a sponsor, but I don't know if Home Depot yeah, wants to like, sponsor us. Like, do they do bad things? Who are they supporting in the next election? I have questions. Yeah. Uh, they have succulents there. They have hammocks, everything I love in life. <laughs> um, but I, like, I never got one because it has soda and, and I don't really drink a lot of soda, but I do consume a lot of seltzer water. Mm -hmm. And I recently learned that you can also make that in there. And you can make sort of like your own additives. 
uh, like fruit additives and, and things like that. And so it's sort of like a twofold thing of saving the money, but also um, helping the environment because yes, cans are recyclable, but we also don't think about like the energy and the consumption and the waste that goes into creating these things as well. Mm-hmm. And so my, my goal is to, to really be at a point where I, I'm not spending that money or, or doing all of that. So my main question, yeah, most millennial thing I'll ever say, that's a lie, but for right now, so are you saying if I get a soda stream, I could make lemon, lavender, seltzer water? Yeah, all right. I am. Um, we need to end this podcast so I can run to Home Depot. Also okay. lemon, lavender. What a smart idea. It is the best flavor. That and lemon blueberry. Those are my two favorite, like. Where do you get lemon lavender salt? I mean, I'm going to make my own, but like, where do you get it that you've gotten that idea? Um, okay. So I've never gotten lavender seltzer water. I've gotten lavender soda. But oh, but still, I've never even gotten that. So that's awesome. Whole Foods. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Basically, if anything says lavender, I'm like in it. I'm You're in it to win it. Like. I have had a lavender latte and that was life changing. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's just calming. Ugh. Ugh. Well, everyone listening, get yourself a lavender latte, put on some lavender essential oils, live your best life. It also keeps away scorpions. So if you have a scorpion problem, put up some lavender. Oh my God. If you have a scorpion problem, just burn it all down France, or use lavender. France has a scorpion problem. Okay. That is a, a topic for another day because yeah. now I want to know. All right. <laughs> We're going to do some shade on scorpions. All right. Thanks for listening. Send us your historical shade. Bye. Bye.